Well, hello and welcome back, fellow riders on Bus Talk, a podcast about work-life issues which crowd our minds each day. Myth-busting into reality, we share some tips and tricks to better your work-life balance, or the lack thereof. Simply put, it's a straight talk to help you cope well with various situations without having to reinvent the wheel. And yes, there is a lot of traffic So it does take time. We go slow, steady and at our own pace. If this is what piques your interest, you're on the right bus. So sit back, turn up the volume and enjoy the ride. I'm your host GB and you're listening to Bus Talk. In today's ride, we bus talk about interview quirks in India. Let me take you back a few years. Remember Star Wars? In Star Wars, especially the episode, uh, I think it was Clone Wars, the Clone Wars. In that episode, Count Dooku, the main villain, a powerful villain, had a clone army. And they were like, he could generate more number of clones. Clones could clone themselves. Yet millions of clones were not able to defeat 14 or 15 or Jedi Knights. And they still got away alive. The point I'm trying to make here is, hiring clones of yourself does not always guarantee success. Right? Now, let me take you through some maths. There are about 64 million profiles on LinkedIn, give or take a few here, here and there. Uh, of those 64 million, let's assume around 12 million or 20% of them are, say, fake profiles or incomplete profiles or what have you. That leaves us with about 51 million. Assuming in this country, 60% of the population is below the age of 30, of this 51 million, say 60%, which is about 30 million odd, are below the age of 30. That leaves us with 20 million odd people in various levels of management. Typically, as you know, management is like a pyramid. So the entry level would perhaps have 70%, 25% of would be in the mid level and 5% at the top level. So if you did, did the math again, of the 20 million odd people available in the management, 70% would be say around 14 million at the entry level, 25% would be around 5 million, and the balance 5% or less, say around a million people in the senior management level. Now, bear in mind, this is not etched in stone. This is not written in my blood. This, These are rough estimates, and I did not have enough bandwidth to really find you know, the exact accurate numbers. Not even sure there are uh, any sources which give you absolute accuracy. But fair to say it should be in this vicinity plus minus here and there which brings me to the point of interview quirks so what happens when you interview with a entry-level manager then with a mid-level manager and then with a senior level manager what is it that you should do differently with each of them so when you are talking to a team lead or a entry-level manager 
there is a slight bifurcation even there. Those people who have recently become uh, team leads or have recently been given uh, people management responsibilities, typically managing a team size of less than six or seven people or thereabouts or five-member teams. And then those first-line managers who have been at it for about a year or so, right? You will find questions being slightly different for either of these categories. The one, the former one, which just become a team lead or a people manager, will largely carry their individual contributor mindset into the discussion. So they might ask you very, very tactical roles, uh, tactical questions. How do you plan your day? What keeps you going? How do you work around particular situations? You know, how do you... Um, you know, get past numbers and objections. And this is, of course, assuming you're applying for a sales role. The seasoned people manager, even though he's an entry, he or she is an entry-level manager, might have slightly more different questions. For example, they will still have your, you know, day, day-to-day day plans, but they might be slightly more strategic, like what is your 30, 60, 90-day plan, assuming that you get the job on Monday? What are the three things you do? And so on and so forth. They also want to, uh, you know, figure out if you are bluffing. So a lot of uh, uh, people, in a lot of interviews, it almost becomes like an ego battle, uh, especially when there are, people of the same age group this is there is this undercurrent which flows in the interview where one person is trying to prove that i know better than you identify these uh, landmines very quickly if you have to work with this company chances are the person interviewing you will be in the scheme of things so a quick decision there would be to assess whether you want to work with such a person or not if the answer is yes, then is it worth taking the person head on? Is it worth upsetting the ego of that person? It also does, and it's not that I'm asking you to be subservient and be desperate about a job. I'm also trying to do, ask you to do a self-analysis and think whether you are flexible enough to, to absorb a new company culture, whether you understand if the entry-level manager is like this, how will the other people be, you know, and are you comfortable with that? So ask these questions while the interview is going on. I mean, no, no, not ask them, ask yourself, uh, basis which, you know, it's not that just because you've applied for a role or interviewing, you are not bound to take up the role, even if they want you. You also have to want the role. So remember, you want the job, but you're not desperate for it. The moment you let desperation creep into your thought process and conversation, that job is pretty much none of this will matter and you will say yes to everything, which as we have seen over time goes and backfires. And that's why you know people get restless in one year's time. And the most common exit point is, oh, it is slow. Oh, I didn't realize this. Had I known this at the time of joining or before joining, I would have you know done things differently and so on and so forth. So in the, when you are talking to the first line entry-level managers, figure out these differences and then proceed accordingly.
When you're talking to the next level, which is the mid-level managers, then the conversation slip, uh, conversation shifts slightly more deeper. In which case, you will have like you know more of scenario-based questions. Scenario-based meaning, well, assume your target for the quarter is. 100k you are at 80k and only two days left for the quarter what is it that you would have done give me an example so in this case or in similar cases you will have to be very very specific refer to i versus v and i'll explain that many times we have noticed that in the interviews uh, the candidates often use we closed 200 crores we closed 10 crores or whatever the number be what the person is trying to understand what is what is your or what was your contribution in the deal what did you do individually specifically which moved the needle so when you're talking to mid-level managers highlight your individual contribution specifically with multiple examples right so the other point is be very succinct about it. So situation, task, activity, or action, and result. So what was the situation? That that was a that is a problem statement. What was the task at hand? What are the three things you needed to do? What is the action you took? And therefore, what was the result that came out of such action? If you stick to this pattern and you've got to practice this because it doesn't come naturally to us we like to justify before and after and this and that so a straight two minute conversation becomes like a 10 minute long winded answer which sometimes is not sufficient so you have to also understand the psyche of of the manager if they are asking you to elaborate that is when you go deep dive and explain further about the background or how this, the situation arised in the first place and so on and so forth. You will understand by the level of patience the person is uh, displaying across either on the phone or on the table or on, on video chat. You've got to sense these points that does he want a long answer or does she want a short answer? right um, and then custom tailor your answers accordingly finally when you talk to senior leadership or you know the leader of the organization they are not ideally looking for you know tactical level answers i think what they are essentially evaluating is more like a culture fit uh, will you fit in what will they, they have this visualization power to see how this person will shape up in say a year's time or two years time and if there are any obvious glitches or uh, you know sometimes when we interview so many people we oftentimes make uh, you know some simple mistakes um, and and it happens so sometimes the senior leadership comes in and helps identify some basics and fundamental questions so they might go ask you a very basic question for example a question i loved asking is you have 50 customers trying your product 50 customers are trying your product only 10 are buying 
how are you going to make them 20? It's a very simple question and there are of course no right or wrongs to it. The way I would observe is how is this person addressing the answer? You know, how, are, how quickly you are able to articulate the whole problem, summarize it, analyze it, and come up with a logical uh, conclusion, as it were. So does this hold true for all leadership, all uh, set of managers? Answer is no. Most people, and this is from the hiring manager's standpoint, most hiring managers make this classic mistake of trying to hire people just like themselves. You know, they, they, they want to hire people uh, who sound like them, who talk like them. And if you have not answered the question exactly the way they did when they were asked a similar question, they kind of switch off. and like, oh, this guy is not a good fit. And you will make that out really quickly. So in conclusion, what I'd like to say is there are a lot of quirks in hiring, um, both from uh, the interviewing standpoint and even from a hiring standpoint. As a job seeker, identify these quirks early on and custom tailor your pitch, which is best suited for the company and do a self-analysis whether it is sustainable for you or not. You know, given the chance if you answered correctly, but something inside you tells you that you are not a cultural fit for that company, my advice would be to not take up that role because sooner or later, your inherent or internal uh, personality trait will contradict with what is the prevalent one which you're trying to absorb or put on. But as we all know, the reality is um, most people are in a situation where if they get a decent package, then they ignore all of this and say, just get me the job. But just thought I'd share this uh, for those who care. Likewise, from a hiring manager standpoint, bear in mind, there is a diversity of, not just of gender, but diversity of talent as well. Be open to the fact that there could be different answers. And also remember that all candidates who display an attitude does not always translate to a poor attitude or a bad attitude. Sometimes strong conviction comes out in uh, in, in some language which might which you might not have answered. So it could seem offensive to you, but it is not. So try and be objective about how, as a people manager, you could leverage this resource to benefit your business. I think as an evaluator, think of yourself as an investor, right? If you were to put your money, bet your top dollar into this person, how would you ensure that this person will uh, give you the best bang for the buck. Will you be able to nudge this person, guide this person, or maybe even leave leave them alone? Uh, that is the assessment you need to do. With that, we uh, conclude this ride. If you like what you've heard, you know exactly what to do. And I would really appreciate any thoughts, comments, suggestions that you might have. And until we meet the next time, be well, eat well, sleep well, be mentally happy and bring your A-game to work. On that note, peace out.
Well, that's all for now. I hope you had a good time listening as much as I had sharing these thoughts. And if you did, do tune in to the other episodes of Bus Talk. Yes, you could share them on Facebook or Twitter and with especially those who might appreciate similar content. And if you need to talk to me or reach out to me, you can use the Twitter handle hashtag Gyanban, spelled as G-Y-A-N-B-A-N, one word, or email me on gyanban at gmail.com. Again, spelled as G-Y-A-N-B-A-N-N. Be sure to tune in next week. There is a fascinating episode coming up for you. Till we meet again, stay safe, be well, and bring your A-game to work. Ciao.